with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's Film Reviews and Movie News with me, Stuart Pink, and he's definitely not the secret love child of JFK and Marilyn Monroe. It's Mark Sibby. I'm really not. I'm really not. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, I'm, not I, unless I, they both nipped to Norwich for holiday. Well, yeah, um, true. But also, I'm nowhere near as good looking as either of those people. That's the thing, you know. Um, <laughs> it would be nice if I was as good looking as one of them, but neither. Can you imagine? Blimey, that would be a, a child, wouldn't it? It would. It really uh, yeah. would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow, yeah. But they, what a story as well. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah. But, you know, sometimes they do say that two gorgeous people don't make gorgeous babies. I think that's a lie, well, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I mean, gorgeous just people. Just feel better about it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think it's just making us <laughs> ugly people feel better about it, you know. Um, yeah. But... Um, it's interesting. Obviously, you you mentioned there Marilyn Monroe and JFK. The reason you brought that up is because we have a very interesting movie to talk about first, really, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's a film called Blonde. It's in select cinemas and on Netflix right now, and it's the fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe. So. Oh, okay. yes. inner life, good so choice what, of word. You know, yeah, that's the thing. So what does that mean? That's the question. You know, Normally we're used to, it's a biopic or something else like that. This is not a biopic of Marilyn Monroe. That's That's got to be said. It, I, I think it's more a look at the life of somebody from the same set of eyes, yet also a different set of eyes. And what I kind of mean by that is that throughout this film, Marilyn Monroe constantly fights to find who she really is i mean there's 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 moments in this movie where she refers to herself well not moments quite a lot actually she refers to herself as norma jean which is obviously her original name um she refers to herself as norma jean more than she does marilyn monroe so we see her have this internal and external struggle that she has to go through you know she's trying to make sense of her life and in the film we see her abandoned by her mother very early on she's trying to find her father it's clear she's got abandonment issues and that that contributed to her trying to understand who she was and also struggling to be herself in the limelight and away from it as well now obviously i'm saying all of this and most people are going well yeah we know this we know this this is you know for anybody who is a fan of monroe or has read anything about it we'll, we'll know this this is the thing but what this fictionalised film does is it takes it one step further to a point where it feels as if this is some sort of waking nightmare all the time for Marilyn Monroe, but not for Norma Jean. It's kind of like a split personality film, I guess you could say. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you've seen the trailer. Did you think, yeah. well, hang on, there's two things going on here with the same person? I thought, yeah, there's clearly a glimpse into how she feels inside and what she thinks about mm-hmm. everything, not necessarily the front picture we get. So I guess she, you get the feel that she's portraying a character 24-7 all the time. Well, it goes back to that thing that we talk about, look. about when you're on, you're on. There's this different personality. Yes. And when you're off, you know, it's very much that. And that that's what this film is kind of showing a bit as well. That comes a lot in, in here. 
I mean, in fact, I kind of think this film is very much a horror movie, not in the traditional sense, you know, not in the jump scares and whatever else, but more mm. in the way of Marilyn Monroe trying to make sense of her life, you know, being dominated by men in her life, struggling with her own success and feeling like she doesn't belong. I mean, it's a, it's a very strong film. It's There are some tough scenes in this movie that will put a lot of people off. Yet I think that's part of the reason they're there. It's a film that's saying, I'm going to show you everything, warts and all, and then it's up to you if you can take it. I mean, it's a very in-your-face film about a celebrity who was, and kind of still is, I guess, literally everywhere. You know... Did an icon. That's the thing. Me and you were not born when Marilyn Monroe was alive. Yet we know who Marilyn Monroe is. We know the film she starred in. We know her private life. Well, some of her private life, obviously. That's the thing. So she is literally everywhere still now. And this film is going, I'm going to show you more than you've ever known. Um, it's nearly three hours, so it's a lot to take in. There are wow, yeah. so many things touched upon in this film, and it's done in such a way that not only is it heavy viewing, but you do also wonder if this is actually how it played out, or if this is, you know, I, mm. I know it says it's a fictionalized account, and I think that's because it's based on the novel by Joyce Carol Oates, which, by the way, is a sprawling book. It's like 730 something pages. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I know. And this film feels like it does every single page in that book because it's three hours <laughs> and it puts yeah. them on screen, which, I mean, it's no bad thing. It means you're getting value for money, certainly. Um, but the issue arises as to if you want a biopic of Marilyn Monroe or if you want to look at a, if you want a film that is a look at the mental health of a woman inside Marilyn Monroe, because that's what this film is, really. Let's be honest here. You know, yeah, it's... As you said, you know, it's about somebody behind the famous person, really. You know, it's it's aggressive. It's really angry. It's sad. It's tragic. It's romantic. It's numerous other things. But it's done in such a way that it is constantly confrontational. And that's something I've not seen. You know, the, you, you see films that are confrontational, but there is a, there's an ebb to it where it kind of gives you, you know, 10 minutes breathing space or 15 minutes or something else like that. That's not this yeah. film. It is a confrontational film about a very complex individual. Clearly this is a Marmite movie. You're either going to love it or hate it. There is no middle ground to this movie whatsoever. And I mean, for the record, The more I think about this film, I saw this film earlier in the week, and the more I think about it, the more I loved it. But mainly because it's telling a well-known story in a very different way. And as such, it becomes an unknown story about a celebrity and their struggles at life and love. I mean, it's it's Mm. very alternate, big-budget filmmaking, that is for sure. It's, It's... I don't want to say it's very different, but it's not what you expect it to be. Yeah, that's nice. I feel like this is the sort of film that we're getting quite a few of these now that are kind of lifting the lid a bit on, um, not necessarily was what it's like to be famous, but uh, a level of kind of with things like this and Diana and the other film. Elvis involved... as well. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, You sort of see the, the star that we all know and they, they sort of peel it away a little bit and you, you get a kind of more modern take on what it must be like to be that person 
yeah, you you're you're seeing behind the the real person. You're seeing the real person behind the the celebrity image, basically. And uh, you know, we spoke about this in uh, when we did Elvis, and we said it's a completely different biopic than what you expect. And the same with Blonde. It's a very different biopic. It's as I said, it's very confrontational, it's very aggressive as well, um, and it's going to upset a lot of people. It's going to upset a lot of people. I can guarantee that. There were moments in the film. I mean, I'm a huge Marilyn Monroe fan. I mean, me and you have spoken off air many times about Monroe and how I think her best work is Niagara. Niagara is actually featured in this film, by the way, as well. That's the thing about it. Oh, they, brilliant. they don't <laughs> dive too much into her films. Uh, they, you know, they, So Niagara is touched upon quite a bit. Gentlemen prefer blondes. A, a brief moment from Some Like It Hot. But that's not what this film is doing. It's about the behind the scenes of everything that's going on and it's uh, as I said, it's aggressive, it's confrontational, um, and for me, I came away going, "Wow, okay, that's a lot to take in." But the more I think about it, the more the days play out after seeing it, I I continue to go, "Yeah, I I really liked that. I really liked it." Nice. So for someone who doesn't know all the ins and outs about Marilyn Monroe, obviously, I'd be surprised if anyone doesn't know who she is. Uh, yeah. But do you need to know a little bit of background? That's a good it. question. That's a really good question. I'm going to say yes, and I tell you the reason why is because in this film, there are certain people who she has a relationship with, physical relationship, who are not named but are listed as ex-athlete, Mister President, and th- things <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. So if you don't know who those people are you're going to go, I don't understand the significance of, of what's going on here. So I think you do have to have a a bit of knowledge about Monroe's, I was going to say private life, but let's be honest, she had no private life. Um, her, her rom- Jump on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's going to be your best way to do about <laughs> it. You were there it. quite a while. I mean, the woman had such an incredible uh, yeah. and tragic life. But yeah, I think you do. I really think you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um so, yeah, as you said, jump onto Wikipedia. That will give you the answers um, to, to most of the basic questions you'll have. But this film is not about going, here's the easy questions and here's the easy answers. It's not that at all. It's really not. Yeah, between the lines. And, of course, it stars one of our favourite actresses. It does. Anna de Armas, who is brilliant, absolutely brilliant as Monroe. Yeah. Um you know she's got, so, mate, she looks exactly like she her. She looks exactly like her. She she sounds like her in quite a lot of the times. There's a few moments where her accent slips. I mean, you know, the almost has got a, a, an accent anyway, let's be honest. So it's difficult to yeah. get rid of that. But she is really good in this. Really good. It wouldn't surprise me if she starts popping up on a few of these um awards best actresses lists by the time you know towards the end of the year wouldn't surprise me whether she'll win i don't know because i don't know who else we would see on that list but it wouldn't surprise me it's such an interesting performance really interesting must have been a bit of a dream role as well to play one of hollywood's icons do you think though i mean think of the pressure it's like austin butler playing elvis you've got that additional (laughs) pressure from the fans and then from people who are who are not really fans but are aware of it and you're like "Ah, how do you do this i mean i read an interview with anna who said she went to monroe's grave and asked for permission to play her 
Um, oh, wow. I don't know if she got an answer, to be honest with you, but obviously something <laughs> happened, so she she played her. But Can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's fine. She said it was fine. Yeah, so, it's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> but the fact that she put the work in for it, and this is nice. a very different type of work as well. This is this is you know I keep saying this. It's a very different piece, and that's the point of this movie. Very different. Nice. So, Blonde is out on so Netflix and Cinema. It's Center. in select cinemas and it's on Netflix as well. Grand. Um, well, <laughs> now for something completely different. What else you got for us? So, on Disney Plus, Hocus Pocus 2. This is about three young women who accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child hungry witches from wrecking havoc on the world. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the first Hocus Pocus movie. I just think it's it's the right blend of family, friendly, spooky, fun, and silly humour. I, I genuinely watch that movie yeah. every year at Halloween. Like, in the lead-up to Halloween, a couple of days before, I genuinely watch it. It's a Disney movie that ticks all the right boxes for me. And it was made at a time when Disney movies were not popular. As in they were going through a really difficult period. The early 90s were a very difficult period for Disney movies. Um, After Fantasia, before Toy Story. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and they made this movie and it, 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 it did okay. But now I think it's it's become this kind of, kind of cool classic along a, amongst a lot of us. So I was excited when they announced this sequel. I'm like, yeah, great, fantastic. And then they turn around and they say they're getting the Sanderson sisters band back together. So Bette Midler's back, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Namji is in there as well. And I'm like, yes, fantastic. I should have known better, shouldn't I? <laughs> The child in you was excited. The child, and then the film no, critic turned up. No, the adult in me was excited. That's the thing. Okay, yeah, I yeah. should have known oh. better, Stuart. I should have known better. It is <laughs> one of the most pointless sequels Disney have ever made. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it starts out introducing these three young women. They're actually teenagers who are the main focus of the story. They are classed as witches at school through some very thin narrative that doesn't really hold up very well. Um, <laughs> it, it then spends ages introducing each of them and then all of them together and then what they can do and then where they go to school. And you go, how long is this introduction? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> why, why is this now still we know. going on? All their personal information. Then they summon up the Sanderson sisters, witches, and all hell breaks loose. I mean, not quite, obviously, because the film does this really heinous crime of actually sidelining the Sanderson sisters for most of the movie. Oh, no, what? Like, what? Like... Why would you do that? They ultimately become secondary <laughs> characters in their own movie. Instead, the writers or producers or whoever's made this decision decide to focus on the three teenage girls and how their lives have been affected by the return of the Sanderson sisters. It's neither interesting or fun or spooky. It's just boring. And to add insult to injury, it's clear that they've gone, you know what's popular at the moment? Stranger Things. Let's, oh, let's, no. Yeah, let's do <laughs> like a watered-down Stranger Things type thing for, for kids. And you go, this is <laughs> this is not hocus pocus. You can literally oh. see the moment where they go, and Stranger Things mode. And it's just <laughs> not great. And I think what upsets me the most about this movie 
is that when the Sanderson sisters are actually doing their thing, they're allowed to do their thing, just them three, and the story focuses exclusively on them, it's actually really funny. You know, there's there, these yeah. three sisters. Yeah, they've still got their that's the thing. chemistry. That's the thing. Like, these three sisters, from the days of yore in Salem, where witches were burnt at the stake, you know, are plonked into modern-day Salem, and they do silly things, you know, like walking through an automatic door, but then pretending it's magic, them thinking it's magic, right? <laughs> see, see, you're laughing there. You see, that's there the we thing. There yeah, It's fun. That's good. Or um, them tasting face cream and thinking it's food. Right? Yeah, exactly. See, you're laughing again. Or there's a moment in it where, where Bette Midler tells off a, a pretend witch for selling toffee apples because she's going, toffee apples, they're really poisonous. And Bette Midler goes up to her and says, you don't tell them it's poisonous. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah. You see, that, see, nice. there's, yeah, you see, see, you're laughing again. Good gags. Good, good gags. Time. Yeah, good gags. So when the sisters are on point, when the film focuses just on them, it's really good. But the film hardly ever focuses on them. And that's the disappointment in for me. And I, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that this sequel isn't even a proper sequel. Like, you know, yeah, that's a shame. What? And oh, and also, Spit off. <laughs> that would have been better. That would have been like, yeah. if they'd have turned around and said, "Yes, well, they're sort of in it, but it's leading on to a new franchise." You'd go, "Okay, fine." But this, this I is mean, they're all over the advert and the poster, so you're expecting it to be. That's the thing. But like, this is a genuine sequel. The- and also, I've forgotten to mention that there's a couple of musical numbers in here. I'm sorry, what? Musical oh, okay. numbers. Somewhere <laughs> along the line, somebody's gone. Why don't we have a musical number a bit like Thriller or something? It doesn't fit. That's the problem. Oh, 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 and also the sidelining of the storyline involving the mayor, played by Tony Hale, who, once again, I adore Tony Hale. I think he's amazing. Uh, that's a really good story, but it's sidelined and then forgotten about. Oh. <laughs> it's just really sloppily written. It's not spooky. It's not fun. It's a pointless sequel. I just, just stick with the original film. Just stick with that. So much better. It really just is. Just put that one on. Put that one on. Trying the second one. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you want to, sure. But there's better spooky, family-friendly movies out there than than this. This waste of a sequel. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. So Hocus Pocus two seems like Hocus Pocus lost its focus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? If they'd have put that line in the film, I would have laughed at it. But they didn't put that line in the film, so I didn't laugh at it. And also, I didn't laugh at most of the film. So there we go. <laughs> I should know by now. They've got to get in touch with us before they make the film. Well, this they, but, use, it, you know. but Hocus Pocus 2, it sells itself, really. Just put the Sanderson yeah. sisters into modern-day Salem. Let them do their spooky thing. And, you know, something, 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 blah, 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 etc. And we'll have a good time. Don't go, let's focus on these kids and ignore the Sanderson sisters and go for a Stranger Things vibe. No, no. We, if we want to watch Stranger Things, we'll watch Stranger Things. That's the point. Yeah, of they've it. got it covered. Exactly. They've got <laughs> it covered. Oh, dear. So this is on Disney Plus. This is on Disney um, Plus, streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. <laughs> Shouldn't imagine anyone else would be fighting for it anyway. No, probably not. Probably not. Uh, speaking of, of fights... Um, I've got a whole buffet here ready to throw at you. What have we got next? <laughs> so we've got a film called Flux Gourmet. Now, I've got to read you the synopsis for this, okay? 
So this is what it says. <laughs> Set in an institute devoted to culinary and elementary performances, a collective finds themselves embroiled in power struggles, artistic vendettas, and gastrointestinal disorders. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is a weird old mix. That sounds I like mean, a waiting room I was in once. <laughs> it's, it's a synopsis that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? I, I mean, you know, no yeah. pun intended. Or maybe pun intended, I guess. I don't uh, know. Um, so this is the latest film from Peter Strickland. He made In Fabric, which was a horror film about a haunted dress. He made um, a film called Duke of Burgundy. He also made my personal favourite, Barbarian Sound Studio, which was about a guy who recorded sounds for movies in a haunted studio. Oh, that so, sounds good. Yeah. It, do you know what? It's really good. That's my favourite. I really like that. I really like yeah. it. Um, he makes horror films that I think very much sit in their own subgenre, like oh, like almost art house horror i guess you could call it some of his yeah. work i like others i just cannot get on with at all um <laughs> it's a bit more money yeah 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 I've, and for me that i think this is his worst film today i just didn't get it i did not get this at all i just it's art house pretensions are just way beyond any regular film goer's appetite to be honest with you it comes across as a film that doesn't allow you an entry point to fully understand any of the characters or anything they're supposedly doing at this culinary institute and it it felt like it was a closed shop to me you know it plays like a pretentious play like you would see it on stage or something. Yeah, Everyone, you'd be like, I don't get this. Yeah, exactly. I'm sat there yeah. and I'm going, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Mm. Everybody with their own interpretations of their own characters that don't fit with other actors' versions of their characters. I mean, I genuinely hated all of them because they were so cold and unwelcoming. <laughs> it, it, it's just a struggle. I mean, there's a scene in this film... Mm-hmm where you might have seen this in the trailer, where the head of the house, the head of the institute, makes three of the attendees act out their experiences of going to the supermarket and buying food. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so it's, nip, it's nonsense. To Asda, just for... <laughs> it's nonsense. It's 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 pretentious to the point where I did wonder what the point in any of it was. Yeah, I mean, in the context there is, of the film. That's the thing. So... You know, I do think there's something to say about TV shows like Hannibal that nicely combine glossy art house style with with terrifying horror. This looks like somebody saw Hannibal and decided they should make a film that was kind of like that in style and aesthetic, but take away all the substance and nuance of the characters. Hmm. And I'm like, ah. Took the fava beans a bit too far. Yeah. yeah, kind of, yeah. Overcooked, <laughs> shall we? Or undercooked. Undercooked is probably the best way. So, but but you know, here's the thing. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate I didn't sit there going, I hate this movie. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hated the characters. I just didn't understand what it was trying to do. I didn't understand what it all meant. Maybe that's on me. Look, okay, let me hold my hand up and say, maybe that's mm. me. Maybe I should try and read more about it. But after being so utterly bored for the entire film <laughs> and the characters, the last thing I wanted to do 
is spend a single second spend more. Spend any more time. Exactly. You know, researching the company or the characters or any. I didn't want to. I mean, this film is yeah. the niche of the niche of the niche of the, the Like, it's so minute. It's unbelievable. It's so... Uh, look, it's not a film I can recommend, okay? Maybe no. watch the trailer <laughs> and then you'll make up your own mind. I mean, you've seen the trailer. What did you think? Um, yeah, not a lot I can describe. Um, <laughs> I was same. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. I mean, I watched it's the longest trailer, but all the three films we reviewed this week, and I got as least amount of information out of it. Which I is, thought, what are they doing? Which is hilarious because it's the shortest film out of all of them we've reviewed this week as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, you yeah. know, and I'm just like, yeah, you see, see like, there's you. Cooking something and yeah, got a microphone what, in the dish. Yeah, exactly. No. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't. What what is the point of this? That's the thing. I don't understand. So I think mm. you're a very good litmus test on that one then because you've seen the trailer and you came away going, I don't understand any of it. Let me ask you this question. Did you want to watch the film? No, definitely Right, not. there we go. No. There we go. I was like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're thinking, Mark's going completely round the bend with <laughs> yeah. this, isn't it? Why I is did ask you if you're okay before we yeah, began. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> What has he chosen? Dear, oh dear. Honestly, is it, has he finally lost the plot? Is it? Have we reviewed oh too many movies and he's finally, too many. he's finally, you know, doing something. He's finally losing himself. But yeah, so, so there we go. I think you've answered the question there. Would you watch it? And you've said no. And I think there we go. I've watched it and even I said no as well. <laughs> So it's called Flux Gourmet. If anyone does want to watch it, I'll see the trailer at least. <laughs> where, where is it? So on? Flux Gourmet is showing in cinemas now. Wow. Can you imagine going up for the cinema experience? Not Because I used to do this when I was a kid. I used to go in sometimes and just go, oh, yeah, we'll watch um, that. Yeah. Knowing nothing about the film. But the thing is... <laughs> imagine getting in there for that. Yeah, well, exactly. But also, you look at the posters, some of the posters, or you think of the title, and it does conjure up a sort of horror-type movie, really. So you think, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 th- th- this could be a horror movie. And then, as I said, it is a horror movie, but it's it's more an art house movie than anything else. There's nothing horrific about it, apart from the fact that it's pretentious. That's it. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of confused people coming there out of the cinema. There really um, is, yeah. But, I mean, the food? Did the food make you want to eat anything? Not really. No, that's no. the thing. And there's a lot of food on show here. Whereas, going back to Hannibal, when I was watching Hannibal, love that TV series, by the way, <laughs> um, I saw the food and I was like, that looks succulent. I want all of that. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> with this, I was just like, no, this just looks, this just looks like everything's gone off. <laughs> dear, oh dear. I know. Oh, well. What you got for us next week, Mark? Uh, so next week, okay, so we've got a comedy about a podcast host who sets out to solve a true crime. Oh, okay. So this could be your so life story. Me and you this is went out to... This is why yeah. I chose it, because I'm like, oh my goodness, me and you oh. are going to probably relate to this. I mean, granted, we haven't solved any true crimes, but the fact that it's a podcast host... you know, exactly. Show us a crime, so, we'll solve it. So yeah. we're going to be doing that. It's a film called Vengeance, starring BJ Novak, who many people might remember from uh, the US office. He played Ronin in the US office. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah. he's in that. I think I know you mean. Uh, and then we're going to go a bit serious and we're going to do a film called Big Boys Don't Cry, which is uh, based on a true story about uh, a young man 
who grew up in Hornchurch. So it's all based on a true story oh, set in Hornchurch. Cool. So we're going to do that. And then just to lighten the mood a little bit more, we're going to do a medieval coming-of-age movie called Catherine Called Birdie. That's what the film is called, Catherine Called Birdie. Uh, okay. And it's directed by <laughs> Lena Dunham, who a lot of people will know from the TV oh, show. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, so she's made this medieval coming-of-age Nice. That's a good mix. And um, I look forward to essentially hearing our autobiography. Next week. Um, <laughs> well, just you wait. We've got a week to solve a crime. So, you know, we should get started. Really. <laughs> we should. Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll go grab a magnifying glass. Magnifying. <laughs> Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films, and I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. <laughs>